The light fades with death's cold embrace. You've already been zipped and tagged. Struggle as you might, it will not help. No one can break out of the body bag. Here to oversee the autopsy, your hosts, Chris Thomas and Broke Rider Dave. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me is always Broke Rider Dave. How we doing, everybody? Getting this season kicked off correctly, it's actually a lot more relaxed because we're not interviewing and editing and pumping out the episode in a week. We're pre-recording all of these episodes. And what better way to get us started with a friend of mine. He's a friend from college and who has a book. Who That is, is it in the process right now of getting public? Are you still working out the kinks? That's correct. It's actually, as we speak, in the last stage of publishing before printing. So it's actually very exciting. Did you still, uh, the settled name of it is Victors of Arcania, is that correct? That is correct. See, I was actually able to get that name pronounced correctly. <laughs> Technically, Vic- the Victors of Arcania. The but, Victors you know. of Arcania. <laughs> yeah. Written by my good friend, Anthony Guyani. See, I got, now I've said it correctly. Guyani, not Gianni, Anthony Guyani. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very well done. Bravo. Hey, thanks also, for thank uh, coming to the show, man. Absolutely. It's good to it's good to be here. It's good to see you virtually. And it's nice to it's nice to talk about the book and anything else too. So, let's go ahead and uh, get into it real quick. For those who uh, are going to be first time, is this this is your very first book, is that right? It is. Yes. So, for those who are going to be introduced to the works of Guyani, what would you say in a couple of sentences is the overall synopsis of the story? You know, without giving too much away, but just a general overview of what they can expect. Sure. So it's what us fantasy nerds refer to as high fantasy specifically, which just means there's a lot more lore in terms of like how magic works in the world with physics. Um, And I've developed individual cultures in different parts of this fictional world this all takes place in. But essentially, it's a story about three young boys who are all brothers, and they're presented with a looming, terrible disaster, which I won't specify too much about what that is. But there's a a looming disaster very soon to approach. And it's up to them, according to a prophecy, to save the world. Um, And the rest of the story from that point is about these three young kids either learning about themselves and who they are and their destiny and believing it or questioning it and perhaps straying from that projected path of heroism. It's it's a story of self-discovery. It's a story of good versus evil. But it also questions current preconceptions of what is evil. A lot of times... As the author, I've seen in other stories, evil being portrayed as seductive for the metaphor. And while that may be true, I think more often than not, at least in my experience, evil is extremely unsettling and unappealing. So I chose to emulate that in the villains in my story. They are, if they were real, you would not want to look at them. (laughs) You hear that, everybody? Um, Evil is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a novel idea, right? <laughs> you know, when you uh, texted me and told me that it was getting published, it actually gave me a little bit of hope because um, you had told me about the book idea years ago when you were. Oh, yeah. And when you were when I don't know if it was in its adolescence. No, it was in its adolescence when you first told me about it. And Absolutely. then years later, just randomly, I'm at work and you sent me a text saying, hey, I'm getting it published. I was like. Damn, I was like, man, you know, it got it gave me hope because, <laughs> yeah. Dave, have you even touched any of the stories when we said that we were going to try to make our book? Uh, I think I'm about halfway through like my fifth story, actually. Well, then you are way farther than I am, because um, <laughs> it, it gave me hope. Because I'm like, all right, well, I, I just go back to what uh, Thomas Gloom said when we said that we were mm-hmm. going to be writing stories was that. Oh, get ready to procrastinate a lot. 
yeah. I was like, well, oh, that, yeah. that has been me uh, to because I have all the stories that I want to write. But well, how, how long would you say that uh, by the end of your once you typed the end, how many pages mm-hmm. would you say you had total? It is 183 pages. Oh, so it's, it's oh. not that bad of a read. That, or that's not yeah. that long of a read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's a that's an easy uh, that's a easy you can finish that in the weekend. Yeah, I I mean you know I'm personally am of the mindset that whether I choose to make this a series or just a standalone book, um, I the way I wrote it was if it's going to be a series, I wouldn't want the first book to be a thousand pages. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because when you told yeah, me it was yeah, a fantasy story. There. When you told me it was a fantasy story, I was thinking, all right, are we talking about like Lord of the Rings thick book here? Or are we talking more like The Hobbit, which is just a, not, not as long? Like, I don't know why when you t- when, uh, just in my mind, I thought it was going to be like the size of a dictionary when you were done with it. Well, it's funny you say that, though, because in the early stages of like actually writing, like once I got past outlining what I want the story to do and the characters involved in it, once I actually started writing, my prologue was 45 pages long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, obviously a lot of editing had to take place afterwards. Um, <laughs> so my how- current prologue is not 45 pages. But, yeah. So how did how did you go about building the world? Since this is a fantasy, you're building, I imagine, a world from scratch. Is that right, or is it taking place in the in our world, or is it or is it like our world with fantastical elements, or is it an an entirely new, different kind of universe? So that's a great question, and part of why this whole process of writing this book took almost ten years is because I spent so much time trying to make something we've seen a million times before, magic feel new and different. And part of that was the world this takes place in. So long story short, I chose to not go with a story that is set on Earth. Um, Instead, I've created from scratch a totally new world. And I've developed a system of government, um, how magic works with the government or not, and cultures about it as well. See, that seems like it could be both... uh making it harder and making it easy for yourself making it hard because you're like all right well i gotta make a whole thing from scratch but at the same time easy Mm -hmm. in that if things seem a little bit off you can just explain it away by well this is a different world exactly yeah and and that definitely popped its head a, a few times in the plot certain things would happen and then i would remember wait i've already established that can't happen then on the other hand especially like for evil in one little nugget about what I've developed is magic in my story is born from true love and a belief in an afterlife. So initially I questioned if that's true, which I've established it is, how is it possible for someone evil, but having magic to exist? Um, I won't say the answer, but I will say I played with my own themes and um, perhaps a perversion of good is considered evil. True. True love. So you just probably had once upon a time playing in the background the on a endless loop as you were typing this, I imagine. <laughs> I did have the music playing to get me in the mood to type all day long. Um, but I, I actually didn't want to watch fantasy things while writing it because I didn't want to be influenced by other yeah, works. You didn't want to be like, well, <laughs> you didn't want to be like, well, now I'm just copying this. Exactly. Yeah. So where are you right now in the whole publishing process? So um, we're actually very towards the end. We're, we're currently designing the cover art design. Um, after that begins printing. And once printing is approved, uh, which takes three weeks to a month, um, production and sale begins. So we're looking at end of July, early August for the book to be ready. Uh, is it going to be on Amazon? It will. It'll be on Amazon. It'll be in, I've been told it'll be in every um, brick and mortar store that sells books. Hey, that's cool. Uh, in particular, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm very you get pleased to, with uh, this. You get to uh, uh, schedule your book tour. I do. I do. Um, we don't get to start planning that until the book is in printing phase, though. But yes, that will happen. You're going to have to make sure to give your boy a signed copy. Absolutely. Yeah. That Absolutely. can be part of the... Uh, <laughs> That uh, it'll definitely be part of the uh, 
Well, I, I think our giveaway was probably going to be closer towards Halloween, and I want to have a book from all of our guests, and that yeah. would be cool to have as part oh, of the gift. Oh, that basket. would be awesome. So, yeah. so we'll have one from that Jamie really Stewart, cool. one from Spencer Hamilton, one from you, and uh, and then I'll have I have like one or two other ones plus some stuff from the uh, horror convention that I'm going to be getting some merch from. So nice. Uh, but yeah, that I'm looking. I'm so happy that it's only a hundred and some pages because I can only read stuff in bite-sized form. Uh, <laughs> my attention span well, you know, is so low that I can only read things in short bursts. Well, you know, yeah. comedy aside, um, that's actually one of the things that um, led to me having it around that page length. Because the, while there's no true like set in stone, uh, you know, a novel has to be X amount of words or X amount of pages. I, I also I did want it to be geared in terms of an audience towards young adults, people fresh out of college. So, you know, there may it, be fans of this material. Like, I didn't want maybe, maybe for them. people like me. Maybe I'll get with you and see about <laughs> like uh, seeing if we can uh, narrate it and put it in an audiobook form. I would love that. Um, I want to see how the first like year or so. Of yeah. sales goes like if it if it sells nothing then i probably won't pursue audiobook <laughs> no i'm saying just have but, me re- just have me do it i, I, I got mean, my that, that i got cool. my recording stuff right here i'll just do yeah. it <laughs> i'll just do it without your permission and just and, there we uh, go <laughs> so uh so people can illegally download the audio file on <laughs> mine oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm looking, you know, definitely keep me up to date uh, for when we can expect to do we have a, a roundabout date of when we can expect to see it like out for people to check out? I don't have a day specifically yet, but um, we're looking at ends of July, early August. So give, oh, give so or it'll take be, a week in there. It'll it'll be it'll be out within the season or uh, within yeah. our oh, uh, yeah. season of the show. So. Yeah. So for- absolutely. <laughs> so, Anthony, uh. Who are some like authors that inspired you in writing this book? Um, yeah, no, that's a great question too. Oh, um, Dave, you're here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the obvious ones first, J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, although, uh, you know, I, I, I'll list big names like that, but I'm not trying to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So while I did dive headfirst into my world from scratch, I, I didn't want to try to emulate that and get ahead of myself you know yeah so certain elements i definitely expanded on like the government and how how is someone born with magic or not but other things i tried to keep simple um particularly because it's the first book if it ends up being a series which i haven't decided yet but yeah J.R.R. tolkien um also lemony snicket for the drama and mystery yeah (laughs) j jk rowling I really liked her um, character development and story arcs for her characters. Yeah. Which she is just throwing away with these Fantastic Beast movies. Sorry, I just needed to interject. I know. Oh, <laughs> gosh. They're so awful. <laughs> well, I mean, she is worth like billions of dollars now. So She's worth billions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, she, she can do what she, she can, wants. She can afford to shit on her own material, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Unless you have something else, Dave, I have a good segue into the movie. You're good. As a nice little segue into the movie, not only do you have that book coming out, but you also have your YouTube channel, Ship Faced. I do. Yes, thank you. I just dropped um, a a new video this past Saturday um, paying tribute to Her Majesty the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne. Yeah, I, I took a look at that before uh, before hopping on the laptop thing. Your your subscribers are growing. I saw I saw that you got a you know from from you know it's starting. You're getting a following. Thank you. I'm I'm trying. Um, it's been less than a year, and I almost have 500 subscribers. So I feel like that's a decent pace. You you want to go ahead and just uh, let people know because uh, it kind of ties in with the movie that we're going to be reviewing. Just uh, if you want to go sure. check out his YouTube channel, uh, Shipface, tell them what they can expect to see. Sure. So my channel specializes in ocean liners and their impact on history. Uh, my format is I, I'm an avid ship model builder in my personal life. Um, so I'll build a ship model and paint it to be as accurate as possible. And then I take it to the beach and film it for you know beauty shots. And then in the YouTube episode itself, I will 
from start to finish talk about its its story, whether it was in wartime service or just a uh, speed record holder for fastest transatlantic crossing, notable passengers, etc. But yeah, if you're a history buff and you like ships or you just I've somehow piqued your interest, take a look, see what you like. I have about 15 episodes currently. Okay, that's awesome. Very nice. Do you have like a ship that's like your favorite out of all that you've looked into or made a video oh, about? Oh man. Or is that like that's choosing really your own children? Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> my models are definitely my babies. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's like I have different categorical favorites. Like my favorite modern liner would be Queen Mary 2. My favorite um classic liner would be gosh, even that's tough. <laughs> um so the long and short of it is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're all my favorite they're, they're all too beautiful to pick one but you know what is not beautiful haunted ghost ships Segway. Ooh, that was good <laughs> first uh guest pick of the season uh you went with ghost ship i did originally it was going to be was it greyhound yes yes uh which i was you know i was down for but then i guess you thought well it's a horror movie thing maybe i should do a horror movie uh, which yeah. we, in all honesty, people can choose whatever movie because we had a uh, tag on and yeah. we reviewed Joker. So, uh, oh, cool. Okay, that that's why I like this platform. Is that we literally like if you want to if you want us to watch a uh, a comedy, we'll do a comedy. We'll do yeah. a thriller. We'll do thriller. If you want a nice. a kids movie, we'll do a kids movie. I don't know, but <laughs> but um, it's been it has I, been. I have to ask real quick. Um, sure. Do you, uh, is Ghost Ship like one of your favorite movies or do you really like Ghost Ship? Um, it, it's not, I wouldn't call it a favorite, but I do really enjoy it for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I've always kind of been, uh, like interested in movies that weren't huge blockbusters. And this one is absolutely not an enormous blockbuster. Um, it actually got negative reviews, which I thought was interesting. And those um, are going to continue <laughs> during, during, during this review. Actually, I was like, I hope this isn't. I hope this isn't Anthony's favorite movie because he's not no, going no, to no. like my review. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It, it's it's a movie entirely made for fun. Um, oh, I had fun watching it. I mean, uh, yeah. that, that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of these movies that like get negative reviews, we mm-hmm. like like uh, the one that always comes to mind is Black Christmas. The uh, re- uh, remake, yeah, the, re- the remake. Christmas. Oh yeah, um, which is objectively not a good movie, but I had a blast watching it because yeah. it was it how bad it was. Lot, yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I call it the pug effect. Like so ugly, they're cute, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> this one, I don't know if you uh, have seen Fear dot com. I have not. But oh well, we reviewed Fear dot com uh, last season, and I basically said this kind of felt like fear.com out on the ocean Um, (laughs) for just a quick synopsis for those who aren't familiar uh, basically a ragtag group of salvagers get offered a job to salvage an abandoned ocean liner off the Bering Sea when they find the ship they find a shit ton of gold and a shit ton of ghosts but you had a ship ton this uh, movie uh, has uh, like uh, one uh, of uh, the more iconic openings of any horror movie. Yes, the this yes this is the everyone's one, probably seen the opening scene of this movie. The only the two things that I remembered about this movie was that this was my first introduction to who Emily Browning was, and yeah. mm-hmm. I knew the intro, which it so starts I do off. Say, speaking, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But speaking of the intro, I did want to say, as an Ocean Liner nerd here. Um, while the story is fictitious, it is the ship is based on the real Italian ocean liner Andrea Doria, which famously uh, sank in 1956. I'm glad oh. that you actually mentioned that because one of the things I was going to bring up is in a movie like this. What did I say? I said, uh, "Oh, the way that movie reviewers pick apart movies and like randomly interject like random movie trivia." Do you do that with like movies set on the ocean or and stuff like that? Do you just have to like pause and go like, "Well, you know, in 1953." <laughs> uh, I, I do actually. <laughs> Some of my friends proverbially throw tomatoes as they're trying to watch a movie, and I'm just spewing facts. Um, other times they find it interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, nerds come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, this is yeah. a movie. I mean, this is a movie review thing, but 
everybody nerds out. Like, I mean, if you go to our Instagram thing, <laughs> yeah. if you go to our Instagram page, it's nothing but horror nerds talking about horror stuff, and which is, you know, yeah. which is just fun. And you're yeah. you're a nautical nerd. <laughs> Absolutely. But prepare to uh, get naughty. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> naughty uh, with a K. The uh, beginning of this movie is basically, is it in 1963? Um, 1960s, I believe. I, I thought it was late 50s, but I could be wrong. 1962. I was, I was close. 62, okay. In 1962, cruise ship is traveling along. It, you have uh, music playing. It has a very Shining-esque kind of feel to it at the very beginning with the kind of music that's playing. And yeah. Uh, yeah. people are dancing on the bow, and then you hear sinister music. And then, what was it that snapped it was like a fishing wire. A fishing wire snaps, basically severing everybody on the dance floor in half, except for a young Emily Browning, who's who's too short, and, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. everybody. All right, so after that, you can pretty much turn off the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is the mo- <laughs> they 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 blew their load too quickly by showing the best scene in the movie first yeah yeah um, it was actually a very well done movie even if you're not like into gore it's a very well done scene yeah. uh yeah uh, tension building uh and yeah. just memorable yeah. death it just everybody severed in half yeah now i'm gonna pause this every few minutes oh hold on a second i'm pausing this right now francesca <laughs> just got up on on stage uh, uh sorry i have the movie playing uh in the background nice. as we're talking about it and francesca just uh, stepped on scene um but I- i'm gonna like pause every so often and be like all right so anthony fact or fiction can that happen <laughs> fishing line hook severing a bunch of dudes and and people in half can that happen um, so I'm not an expert on fishing line, however, mooring line, so Manila rope, I used to go to school at a maritime academy in Massachusetts, and uh, my, one of my instructors was a former fisherman who told us this horror story of, you know, back when he was our age, which was a million years ago, no offense to him, <laughs> um, you know, he was doing lifeboat drill, but all of a sudden in this, in this storm, the lifeboat was under unexpected stress and pressure from wind and the, the safety pins still in place incorrectly. And the mooring line holding the boat up snapped. And in its snapping, which was like an enormous rubber band, it cleaned the entire deck off of the crew. All of them vanished in half a second, according to him. So so maybe possible. Granted, it, yeah, it's 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 potential and possible but i just i don't know if a fishing line can handle the stress required um to be as tight as would need to be to split a human in half you know what i mean yeah well this line was so (laughs) there were a bunch of people in half basically leaving this little girl uh the only survivor i guess on the on the bow i'm 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 assuming not the only one left on the ship alive at that point because that would mean Every single person was on the sh- on the same spot at the ship, which I doubt. Yeah. But, well, uh, there was actually multiple wires all connected the same way, mm-hmm. and she indeed was the only survivor. Well, I was like, well, that then that's another <laughs> then that's a criticism. Then that means every single person, including the engineers and and people like driving the ship, were dancing. Well, no, not necessarily because there were um, wires throughout the ship. Oh, we just saw the ones on the bow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mostly anyway. because the little girl is later going to be more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forty years later, uh, we get introduced to a salvage team just finishing up a job, and they're celebrating a recent uh, haul that they did, and they get approached mm-hmm. by uh, this uh, pilot. He got, uh, he's a pilot. His name is uh, uh, Ferryman. Yeah, Jack Ferryman. Jack Ferryman, yep. who says. Who's um, by far the worst actor in this movie? Really, I thought that I thought, <laughs> I thought that the terrible. Woman, I thought that the woman was the worst actor in the whole thing. Um, Julian Margulies? Uh, who, who, whoever the main actress is? No, she, she did really good. Mm, I don't know. And you can tell by the careers going afterwards too. Like Julian Margulies becomes big name. This guy. Oh, I've seen like, that guy in plenty of things. 
We're just going to have to agree to disagree on this because I, 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 <laughs> he was I, terrible, I, dude. I, I was sitting here thinking the same thing whenever she was reading lines. I mean, I feel like it's safe to say everybody in this movie is a bad actor, but that's. Oh just wait, me. hold on, hold on. Francesca's just took. All right, sorry, <laughs> Francesca's back. <laughs> she's seducing. Um, what's his? She's uh, seducing what? Yeah, yeah me. <laughs> she's seducing what's his face right now. Uh, yeah. Took the top off, Greer. and now is walking. Yeah, yeah Greer, and uh, he's. Uh, <laughs> He is no longer thinking of his fiance. No. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Ferryman says, "Yeah, while flying over the Bering Strait or Bering Sea, I saw a uh, uh, something out in the ocean. I want you guys to come and salvage it for me. I don't know what it is." Yes. Um, they debate about it, but then ultimately go, "All right, sure, why not?" And he goes along with them out in the middle of the water. They most like unprofessional captain of the ship jamming out to. You know, at at the moment that you need to be at your most, you know, attentive, he's like jamming out to scream, screamo music yeah. and not really oh, yeah. paying attention out in the middle of a storm out on the ocean. But what whatever. Go wrong? Yeah. Um, they run into a ship that appears, manifests out of nowhere. Yeah, um, basically it's coming in and out of the radar and then it just showed up. Yes. Yep. And they go aboard and they start to look around. Epps, Epps is the woman, right? Correct. Yeah. Epps, Epps, uh, while they're on the ships, is seeing little uh, a little girl every so often, played by Emily Browning, who was mm -hmm. the survivor of the of that death scene from six uh, yeah. from forty years ago. And they basically are, are trying to determine how they how would they like pull this ship. You know, they have a little tugboat, and this is a huge cruise liner, and they're trying to. Think of how, how are we going to get this out of here? So initially a ghost ship, you know, good, good setting for a horror movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you're out in the middle of the ocean, which is already scary, you know, away from everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, I do like that. It has, that's maybe what, I, maybe it, it kind of has a, uh, that's what it kind of feels like. It feels like fear.com meets the shining because, <laughs> The Shining, in terms of like how, how that era of how it feels, plus the music that gets played, yeah, um, makes makes me think of The Shining. A little bit weird though. Um, yeah, so, some of the <laughs> lighting. I thought some places were either way too blue, no lit for for oh. for a thing that's been out in the ocean for forty years, and they're you know they got flashlights, but I'm like, man, <laughs> you can yeah. see everything. And <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I just can't help but feel like it should like they have flashlights, but in all honesty, they don't need them for how well it's lit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Not accurate. Yeah. Because I doubt that any. Yeah. And it all takes place at night. So I don't know where light yeah, would be coming from. So I can tell you from experience being on a ship without light at sea at night, you can't see the hand in front of your face. Which I think would have been more effective for a ghost movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Plus, I think that they would have done better to not have really any music. They have a lot of jump scares and music going on, which I think mm -hmm. takes away from how creepy a uh, abandoned ship at sea could sound. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like you would hear the sound of the metal bending in the middle of sea. The water, the uh, yeah. water hitting up against the side of the ship. The uh, the sound of like the metal bending with the stress. The metal bending yeah. and stretching and just the sounds of like rats out uh, like uh, in the corridors and stuff like that. I think I think this movie would have served best. It, it suffers from what a lot of movies in the early 2000s did, and that's relying on a lot of jump scares and um, yeah, and a lot of fast edits. Uh, but I mean, that's Definitely. that's yeah. just like one of tons of movies that the early 2000s just were plagued with movies that did all, a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But so it's not necessarily calling out this movie specifically because tons of movies you know, <laughs> did that. So, yeah, so yeah. in that time frame, yeah. they explore the ship car. Uh, was it <laughs> somebody? Uh, one of the crew members uh, like kind of falls through the floor at one point. They help him up. Um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I yeah, I didn't know that Carl Urban was in this movie either. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's Billy the Butcher from The Boys. Yeah, exactly. Um, then they go back to the ship, regroup, think about what to do. 
and then they go back on the ship and split up yeah. um which you know never a good idea in a horror movie uh no. to split up but you know we know that the the ship is haunted but even if it wasn't you just had a guy fall through the floor like why are you don't split up it took three of you <laughs> guys to pull the guy back up uh blah 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 blah, blah. she keeps seeing little girl and then they stumble across a chest full of gold a chest full of yeah, gold I think there was like nine yeah. bars oh there was a lot more than that yeah, there's okay. like multiple chests. Too. There's, there's uh, okay. enough for the guy to yeah. say it might be worth two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So at this point, I had to ask. Um, all right. So with all this creepy stuff happening, she's seeing ghosts. The ship is starting to kind of sink a little bit. There's like a hole in the side or something like that. She was saying that the ship was sinking. Yeah. How much money has to be in front of you before you go fuck this? Let's get out of here. Or, or, or no, uh, now how much money has to be in front of you before you go, ah, fuck it, I'll risk it. Honestly, I mean, a, a I couple hundred million dollars in gold might might be worth the try. Just grab maybe two. Just mark the spot on the map where it is. Grab a couple bars and stuff them in your pocket, and then like, all right, let's get out of here. We'll come back for it. Um, well, there's the thing, that's the thing they couldn't because the current was taking the ship towards what are they rocks or islands. Mm-hmm. That was gonna actually completely sink the ship to where it'd be gone. Well, if they sank the ship, if you, if you grab just a couple of bars, yeah. it could you could finance, you know, coming back with some scuba gear and getting it. Yeah. Anywho. But I think they also wanted to tell the ship too, make that money yeah, from the ship. Yeah, so they would have made a hundred millions. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, ancient or uh, ancient uh, old cruise liner would be worth tons of money. That just disappeared randomly that people have been looking for for years. Hey, this thing was supposed to have $200 million worth of gold on it. Where'd it go? Um, I don't know. We didn't find it. Uh, yeah. We didn't we, we didn't see any gold. Um, yeah. For me, it depends on how serious the taking on water is. Like, if it's just like, a, you know, a, a crack in the hull, then yeah, I'll, I'll go look for some gold bars. But if we're taking on 10 feet of water every minute, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so they... So- decide all right before we even do this thing with the gold they needed to repair their ship or their tugboat right is that that was mm-hmm. their thing that they needed to do yeah they were kind of working on the uh, engine of the tugboat uh through some sabotage uh and some ill-placed propane tanks um, well that's <clears throat> after the tugboat's fixed at this point is when they all finally just kind of said fuck it we we're gonna grab the gold and go yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. They're, yeah. And they're getting ready to go, and uh, through some sabotage, a propane tank explodes, basically sinking the tugboat. Yeah, and yep. killing off uh, Satos or Sartos. Santos. Santos. Yeah. Now, at this point, you know everybody's upset. Uh, the rest of the crew get back on the ship, and uh, they're they're like you know licking their wounds and all that business. And so, <laughs> I had to stop because at one point, uh, the blonde, one of the blonde crew member dudes was like, didn't you research this sh- uh, shit before you sent us out here to ferryman? And I was like, how could he research? He didn't know what was out there. He t- yeah, he, I think like, it was Dodge, yeah. Dodge, I was like, he came up to you and said, hey, look, I'm a pilot. I saw something out on the Bering Strait. I want to hire you guys so we can see what it is. How is he supposed to research something that he has no... That was why you guys are there to... You guys are the research. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are right, you talking yeah. about? That's why I was, I was laughing. Continuity. Said, so I was, I was like, what are you angry for? You're, he said, he's dead because he... What do you mean because of me? Like, I didn't... <laughs> well, I mean, we well, later, fi- like we later find out. Well, that's thing with grief where you kind of... You need somebody to blame. You need some sort of reason or someone to blame. So, yeah. So... Now they're trying to figure out how they're going to, I mean, they're on a gigantic cruise ship and they're trying to figure out, all right, well, how are we going to navigate this thing and get to where we need to go? Yeah. Um, yeah. God, I can't remember any of these people's names. Uh, the the black That's guy. Okay. Greer. Greer. I can understand why he's angry because I'm sure he kind of blames He was the one who pushed the button that kind of blew up everything. So I imagine yeah. he's kind of blaming himself. He goes off and gets drunk and... Now everybody is starting to kind of see ghosts. They all kind of go off in their own separate directions. Greer sees a ghost. He sees um, 
Francesco, who was an Italian singer back in the '60s during the uh, during when all this business was going on. Yeah. Fun um, fact: the actress that plays Francesca is actually named Francesca. Oh well, that makes it easy to. Yeah. <laughs> so she <laughs> is seducing Greer, who at one point was looking at like a picture of his <laughs> fiance. It was like, "I'll be, I'll see you soon, baby." And then immediately she shows up and and starts stripping. And he's like, fiance, fiance, who? <laughs> and, yeah. and just immediately goes off with her. Um, Epps sees that little girl again and starts talking to her. Their captain uh, sees the ghost of the ship's captain and like starts talking. Have like a drink together? Have a, and get a little bit of exposition. Yeah. So now everybody's just now. So now, like if if if, she, if it was only her at the beginning, everybody's seeing ghosts now. Yeah. So now there is no yep. secret that there are ghosts on this ship, uh, and they're either trying to scare you or, in Francesca's case, fuck you. So yeah. so um, but that didn't last for long because she seduces what's his face into a uh, falling down an elevator shaft. So yeah, he, he, yeah. I was gonna say her exploits are double sided. Yeah. That dude lost his erection so quickly. Yeah, he went to like hug her, and then he just fell through her into an elevator shaft. So he dies. Uh, what is it that uh, the little girl, I believe the girl's name is Katie, the little girl, Emily Browning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks to Epps. And what was the what was the info that we got from her? Basically that there's someone on the ship who's trying to take souls, so you get enough souls to... Send them home, which I'm guessing is hell. Yeah, there, so there's, there's always well, gotta be, whether it's this or 13 ghosts, there's always got to be somebody who's trying to open up hell somehow. Yeah, um, so I'm guessing he's using. I, I don't think she's referring to home as hell. You think that home was just. Uh, I, I think she meant. The afterlife. Yeah. I, I think she wants herself and the rest of the souls trapped on the ship to be able to move on and rest in peace. Yeah. And um, the ferryman is trying to take him down to hell. Spoiler yeah. alert, ferryman is the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, get it? Sorry, get, no, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it? His name is ferryman. As in, you yeah. know, the ferryman, I'm going to ferry you off to hell. Um, yeah. Karen? Uh, through a lot of exposition and, and uh, flashbacks, we basically see that the story of the ghost ship is that this cruise liner uh, <clears throat> basically... I actually have it right here, so I can just keep myself on uh, on track with it. Oh, basically, yeah. basically, the cruise liner came across a bunch of gold, and everybody on board started killing each other, and uh, somebody is influencing everybody to kill each other so that... They can um, be marked. Yes. Yeah. It's it, it, Essentially, like, people are killing themselves either for the gold or for various reasons. Yeah. Is the long and short of it. And we later find out that um, Ferryman is actually, like, possessed by, like, a demon, a sinner who's trying to get, you know, people to kill themselves, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not at all the direction I thought this was going to go in terms <laughs> of, like, uh, oh, we're opening up. You know, you could have just kept it as a haunted ghost ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, as like, you know, a haunted ghost ship is scary enough. I don't think you really needed to add demons and we're going to open up a portal to hell. It could have just been, yeah. you know, a bunch of people died well, on this thing. They all killed each other because they all got good. It could have been like, a, you ever see a simple plan? Yeah. You've seen that movie? I have not. Uh, basically, uh, uh, three guys find a loot full of money and then uh, distrust each other and and kill each other, basically trying to be the last people to hold on to the money. You could have just had that as like the premise of the ghost ship. Um, yeah. And and then I think they were just, I think, I mean, who knows, but I, I, my impression is that they were just trying to answer the question. Why is it haunted? How did it get haunted? Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, but sometimes the why isn't necessarily an important part. If you have enough, you know, if, if Dunker, but then again, I have to judge a movie based on what we have and not what I would have done if I was telling the story. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So one by one, the crew is getting picked off. 
ferryman is trying to kill people is trying to kill the he's basically trying to sink the ship yep and everybody is trying to uh, obviously survive well actually uh he says it, that the reason that's like the last three of the group that were survived is because he wanted to fix the ship mm-hmm. so i could keep using it to keep collecting souls mm-hmm. oh but but yeah. but she but epps is now trying to uh sink the ship yeah once she realized uh once she realizes the that that's the ferryman is like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna that, blow yeah. this bitch to the ground, yeah, uh, or to the seafloor, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically, um, ferryman offers to spare Epps's life in exchange for not interfering, but she refuses. Yeah, yeah. but she, she he takes on the form of Dodge, right? I uh, came in there's. Dodge, but shortly before that, we learned that uh, Jack was actually the ferryman. Yeah. So I guess so. The ferryman can shapeshift, I guess. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird. He could have. He could have been shapeshifting this whole time, but anyway, he Epps <laughs> sees through his guys, and he offers to spare Epps in exchange for not interfering and not blowing up the ship. She refuses. They fight, and then uh, Epps detonates the explosives. Ferryman is blown up in the explosion while Katie helps Epps escape uh, the yeah. sinking ship. And uh, Katie and the other trapped souls are basically freed from, yeah. from, from the ship. Yay, freed souls. Yay for freed souls. Yeah. Well, I, you know, just two cents here. I, I, I thought it was cool that a horror story had a happy ending. I did like that. Yeah, I guess not a lot of horror movies do have happy endings. Um, mm mm-hmm. But later, Epps is found uh, by the cruise ship and returns to land. She's loaded into an ambulance. She sees the crates of gold being loaded into the uh, cruise ship by people who resemble the uh, Arctic Warrior crew. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, overseen by the resurrected ferryman who glares at her and carries on. And she screams. No, no she doesn't. This isn't a happy ending. Well, it's happy ending and for now the ghosts. Well, uh, happy for the souls. Uh, now we're waiting for the now we're waiting for the sequel here. Maybe it'll come out eventually. <laughs> thirty Go years later, two, yeah, by popular demand. Thirty years later, well, popular we're, demand. Oh yeah, we're in the twenty-year zone for the anniversary. Give us the sequel. We, we see it. your seventeen on Rotten Tomatoes. We see, we know what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> um. But basically, that is uh, a sloppy, my sloppy recount of uh, the movie Ghost Ship. Um, first off, I don't even know if we should bother doing kill of the movie because we usually do what was your favorite kill of the movie because I'm sure all three of us are going to say that beginning scene. Um, yeah, yeah, I would. I Although, mean, if I, not the beginning scene, I'd probably go with uh, Munder getting crushed by the ro- what. The, like the gears of the ship while he was trying to weld. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say uh, my backup one will be my girl Francesca getting the hook to the head. Oh yeah, that was rough. Not necessarily a kill, but some of the haunts I thought were interesting. Uh, but uh, by the way, before I forget, I need to do my little bit of nerd thing. Uh, you had mentioned Lemony Snicket earlier in the thing. Emily Browning was in the Lemony Snicket with Jim Carrey version movie. Yes, sir. She sir, she, I can't speak. She sure was. Because <laughs> uh, I remember when I watched that movie, I was like, why does this chick look familiar? I was, I was like, I've seen her in something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, yeah, she's that Australian actress that was in Ghost Ship. And then she later plays the dead wife in uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Oh, I've never seen that. Uh, The protagonist is frustrating and I... I don't know. Emily Browning, I mean, she she plays the character how she's supposed to, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't like her character. I mean, she's written exactly how she needs to be for the movie. But I mean, even yeah. for the even for the story, I didn't like her um, in the story okay. version either. But I mean, that's just it's, you're not supposed to. Um, yeah. If you can get past the protagonist not being that interesting, if you're into Neil Gaiman, it's it, it's it's a fun show. Um. Okay. Which are you into Neil Gaiman? If you're into fantasy, I would imagine you would like that. I don't actually know who that is. Uh, have you ever watched Good Omens? I have not. 
Uh, he oh, has seen like the first season of that. Uh, I think that the show Lucifer was based on his material. Uh, uh okay. And a lot of, he does a lot of religious fantasy. Um, and uh, Sandman is going to be coming out soon on TV. That's based off of his property. Um, okay. Oh, that could be your thing. If you're if you need a new show to binge, I'd say watch Good Omens. Neil Gaiman's a really good, really good at at uh, world building and uh, basically American gods is like the gods of old, like yeah, Norse gods, Greek gods, Egyptian gods, even like the Christian gods all live in the same universe, and they all like are trying to cope with living in the modern day in terms of like having religious followers and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, but this movie ghost ship, um, uh, let's go ahead and rate it. I usually do mine out of 30. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be in the twenties. <laughs> oh, go ahead and get that out of the way right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I compared it to fear.com, which only got like a six or seven out of me, I think. I think fear.com was a six. Uh, A six, but I I mean, this is six with commercials. This was, I think, better than fear.com. Yeah. In terms of it's going to be between one and ten. I would probably put it at like nine, maybe barely nine. I'll put it at a seven or eight because when I think of a movie that's really bad, that it's hilarious to me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking, like I said, I thought of uh, Black Christmas, the remake, because yeah. I was just, I just, for some, I think that it might, maybe I was just in a giddy mood because it was Christmas time. Yeah. Um, that I was just really happy watching, and I was just like, wait a minute, wait, what? hold on a second, this dude just busted up through the floor, but they're in the attic. Like how did that like? Um, I'll, I'll rate this and like, it's definitely a step above Fear dot com, even in the editing. So I'll I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'll go there with you in the eight. I'll give it an. You know what? It might actually kind of. Maybe if I saw this around Christmas time, maybe I'd feel the same way. <laughs> it might be about as funny uh, to me as uh, Black Christmas in terms of. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, why? why? <laughs> um, the ferryman at the very end just gets back on the ship, which begs the question, why did he care if that ghost ship got blown up anyway? Because apparently just, it doesn't we, matter. <laughs> evidently, he's just attached to the gold. Where the gold goes, he goes. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it an eight. In that uh, yeah. uh, if, you, if you want to know my scale, Anthony, it's I say one to ten are bad movies. Um, mm-hmm. 11 to uh, 20 is okay movies and 20 to uh, 30 are really really good movies so if a, if a okay. movie is about an 8 or a uh, 9 that means it's a bad movie but I had a lot of fun watching it yeah um, sometimes sometimes I can prefer a 8 over a, a 14 because a 14 is just a very average, run-of-the-mill, whatever movie. Yeah. Which is why I think that my scale doesn't make any sense to Dave. Because because <laughs> he, he's like, how can you prefer sometimes watching an 8 over a 14? Yeah. Because like, sometimes a movie is bad and it's uh, that it's funny to, to poke fun at, but it's objectively like not really well made. But And sometimes a movie is just, eh, I mean, cinematically it was fine. I mean, it told the story fine, but it was just whatever. So this one's right. about it. So this one's an eight. You can use my scale if you want, or you can go by your own, uh, what you would rate this personally. Um, I, I personally would rate it somewhere between like nine and 13. So uh, like on a scale of 30? Yeah. All right, so I guess there's a lot of plot holes. All right, so Um, all right, so I uh, all right, but I appreciate the unique story and the angle that they tried to go and. Oh, it's it's certainly not the the uh, most infuriating movie that we've watched on this show. No, I think I I think Venom still holds that record. Yeah. Um, not the not the superhero Venom movie. There's a movie called Venom from 2002. Okay. God awful. 
you know, I might have to rewatch it though, just because we keep saying how awful it is, but I need to rewatch it just to remind myself why did I hate this movie again? Yeah, maybe <laughs> I might do a live stream um, of me watching it and like talking to people and uh, and and watching it. So yeah, uh, I've, we haven't done live streams yet on the on our Instagram yet, but we might. We we should start. Yeah, but uh. That's it's getting close to about the wrap up time for uh, here on Body Bag. But um, one, I wanted to thank you again for taking some time and talking about your new book, talking about Ship Face and talking about Ghost Ship. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's also been awesome having you here. Yeah. Uh, I think this was a good way to kick off the guest season. Yeah. Um, depending on how we schedule everything, I think that we might have to end up using July as another recording month and then just start pumping them out in August. I don't know. Or we might start at the end of July. Um, But uh, to everybody out there, thanks for sticking with us this season. Uh, We got at least four more guests coming up this season. We got uh, uh, charity shout outs, charity collections going on. We have book giveaways coming up. We got more top 10 lists. And uh, you know what? We might even uh, throw in a live stream here or there, just to just to see what that's see all how it about. Goes, yeah, <laughs> just to see how it goes, just to see. And um, but in the meantime, uh, Ant, do you want to? If people want to, maybe get in touch with you or or find you. Where can they find you at? Um, you, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ship Faced uh, Tony, on YouTube, or you can reach out to me at my email, which is Anthony Guyany Jr. at Outlook.com. If you need me to spell it, I don't yeah, know how to ahead. help you. Oh, <laughs> um, you're on uh, the old Insta and whatnot as well. Yep, yep, I'm on Instagram. Can't find him through that, you know. Go through Body Bag, and he's on our yeah. friends list. So, but um, yep, thanks again for coming on, and thank you all again for listening, and all of our followers, all of our subscribers. I've been Chris Thomas. With me, Broke Rider Dave and Anthony Guyani. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.